neurodiverse noise would like to issue a disclaimer. This episode features conversations about sexuality and kink. If you are uncomfortable with these topics, please proceed to a different episode. If you are comfortable hearing about kink and personal sexuality, please proceed to the episode. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Neurodiverse Noise. I'm here today with Josie. Would you like to say hello? Hi there. Tell us about yourself, your name, pronouns, maybe a fun fact. So, uh, my name is Josie. I use she or they pronouns, and I am currently studying uh, creative writing all the way over in England. That's really fun. Yeah. What genre do you write? I I do a lot of, like, flash or short stories. Oh, that's um, fun. But I love writing uh, thriller or kind of crime stuff. I'm currently working on, for my classes, a poetry chapbook and the start of a novel. That sounds really interesting and really fun. You'll have to send me over some links whenever you have anything written up oh, and published. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> so what is your neurodivergence? So I have um, generalized anxiety disorder and I am on the spectrum. What is your connection to kink? Um, so besides um, my own personal stuff, I used to work at a sex shop on the Jersey Shore, and so I was tasked with making sure that customers felt comfortable exploring new topics. I had to be well-versed on different areas of of sexual health and wellness, including kink. Um, And then I used to do a little bit of, um, like, Twitter sex work. I mostly catered towards macrophiles. So I would do, like, giantess photo shoots and things. And what was your experience like doing sex work? Was it overwhelmingly positive, negative, neutral? It was, uh, so I started out um, in my junior year of college doing cam shows to help me pay for my groceries. Um, And that was a little bit difficult just because it's not really a platform designed to assist you in in like getting a handle on anything it was more just here's a platform go to it so there's a lot of people out there that try to scam you um i did have someone buy me things off of my amazon wish list i did like a 45 minute show for them and then once i was finished uh he canceled the order so you have to watch out for scammers and things like that once i moved to twitter I had a little bit more control. Um, I did, I would charge people for like role play stuff or photos or sometimes even videos, but it was a lot more um, interactive for me. I didn't have to just sit on webcam and wait for people to come to me. I could leave a cheeky little tweet with maybe a picture of something um, tasteful because of the, the moderation things on Twitter at the time. And then I would wait for people to come to me. So it was, it was much better for me doing that. And then once I, um, once the pandemic hit, I stopped really doing that because I had moved home with my parents and I was living in my childhood bedroom, uh, which is not conducive to sex work. Understandable. <laughs> Do you have any kinks that you would personally feel okay sharing? Uh, yeah. So I, I really love doing like rope play and I am a bit of a bratty sub I 
used to actually, I have a friend who is a professional dom and I would go with her on first times meeting clients so that she felt more comfortable. And if anything went wrong, I had a baseball bat. But um, <laughs> I have, um, mo most of my kinks depend on the partner. Um, I really like doing things for partners. Uh, that turns me on as long as it's I'm not a big um, wet and messy person so like I don't want you to, to pour sticky things on me but like I don't personally have a foot fetish but if somebody that I'm with does that doesn't like I'm happy to participate well that is a good transition to the next question which is is kink an important part of your romantic or sexual relationships so I am actually aromantic, so I don't really participate in romantic relationships. Um, but it is, that does make it difficult to explore kink a lot of the time for me, because a lot of my partners are one-off. And I feel like when you are participating in kink, it is conducive to have someone that you are already comfortable with, um, that you have talked about it with beforehand. Um, and some people just want vanilla sex, and that's fine. I'm happy to participate in some vanilla sex as well. Um, but I live in a college town in England, and college here is like 18 to 22. And I am going to be 29 this year, so I am surrounded by what feels like children. Um, I kind of have taken on a bit of a role of ask me questions and I shall provide you answers for the younglings that I go to school with um, but I will not participate in sexual activities with people seven years younger than me that are just exploring the world for the first time that is completely fair I feel like you have a mindset that not a lot of people share which is a good mindset to have generally speaking um, staying in your age range is good I would say in a lot of kinky settings it's good <laughs> yeah um especially like i don't mind age gaps as somebody that is 28 like I, I like sleeping with older people but when i was 18 i was sleeping with like 30 year olds and looking back on that not not really great um i didn't really know what i was doing a lot of the time not like kink wise but like mentally um and I never really had a long-term partner to explore stuff with. It was it was a lot of one-off things. Speaking of partners, would you ever seek out a partner solely for the purpose of kink? Like someone that you continuously participate in kink with and have no other connections with? Oh, absolutely. That is um, typically the kind of relationships that I go for. Um, I don't really tend to... Ooh, excuse me. I don't tend to be sexually attracted to the same kind of people that I want to be friends with, which is unfortunate for me. Uh, but um, Kate Lister, who has um, published the book The Curious History of Sex, she runs the website Whores of Yore. She's got a great podcast and such. Just wrote a um, an article saying that not sleeping with people, like, or it was about not sleeping with Tories, which is the conservative party of the UK um, by not sleeping with Tories, you're missing out on great sex. And she's written that a lot of the best sex she's had is people that she is um, 
not oh what's the word she that she's not compatible with on like a conversational level really it's not people that she would choose to hang out with but the sex is bomb that is an interesting take i feel like i've never heard anyone sleep with or participate in kink or sex with someone that they're not compatible with but i guess that is like a a valuable thing to consider it's definitely um it's not something you should necessarily seek out but that's just the way that I am, I function, and it, it tends to work for me. Not always, but pillow talk is difficult at that point. <laughs> that's fair. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but is kink something you need in a sexual setting, or is it more like an add-on, a benefit? It's definitely a benefit. I am a very, I'm very much like a go-with-the-flow kind of person when it comes to, to kink and sex. Um, I'll, I'll drive 40 minutes out of the way to go hook up with somebody. Um, but I've lost, I've lost the question. <laughs> Could you repeat it, please? Yeah, of course. It was is something, is kink something that you need in sex or is it like an add-on? It's, it's a delightful bonus for me. Um, I've had, I've had very good kinky sex. I've had not so great kinky sex. And I've had the same experience with more vanilla sex. And I get kind of bummed when people in the kink community sort of look down their nose at vanilla sex because sometimes it is um it can be much more intimate and passionate uh it's a it's a different mindset than being kinky but it still requires aftercare and i i don't i'm not like a i'm not super touchy feely like usually after sex or like even just like having sleepovers with my friends um I don't I don't like to cuddle that much. I'd prefer to be the jetpack or just like hold on to someone's arm. So a lot of the times kinky stuff requires a lot of uh, the aftercare anyway requires a lot of like holding and things, which is something I, I don't know if it's like a trauma response of mine or um, just like the way I am, but it's something that I am personally working on. That's fair. That is a perspective I feel I've never really heard in the kink context is like the not necessarily feeling comfortable with the cuddlingness of aftercare. Yeah, so um, when I was when I was in college the first time, um, I was sexually assaulted by someone who I had grown up with. Uh, and he was somebody that was very cuddly and things but he would uh, abuse alcohol and blackout and and you know it's not a good combination of things so a lot of the responses that i will have i know are trauma informed and i i don't therapy's expensive so i i gotta try to navigate it on my own but um it is something that i will usually disclose be like hey just so you know like when we're done, I'm probably not going to want to like nestle, like nestle in the crook of your arm and like like be cuddly and stuff. I might go make us a cup of tea and then high five at the end. <laughs> I have high fived sexual partners at the end before, which is a really great way to break tension when you're sleeping with strangers. Because uh, there's always that kind of like, okay, like we've done the thing. What do we do now? And a high five is just a really great way for me to, to be like, okay, that was the end of the scene. We're done now. 
That's fair. I I have heard um, something similar, but never that exact thing. And I can definitely see the perspective of like, it breaks the tension. You don't have to be all serious. It's just like a friendly little high five and then it's it's over. It's done. Yeah. I am a, a silly little guy in many aspects of my life. And so I, it, it is also in the bedroom. Like I will be, I will be full on like cackling and laughing during sex. I think that's a fun thing. If you can have fun while you're doing it. I've had um, someone stop before while I was on top and I went, what's wrong? And they just reached over uh, to my breast and went honk honk. And I just <laughs> could not stop laughing. Um, which feels very nice for people with penises, apparently. That is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that your neurodivergence fits into your kink slash attraction? If so, how do you feel that it does? Um, yes, I have, I have a difficult time with, um, tone of voice and I can be very oblivious a lot of the time to, um, social cues. I have, I have successfully slept with somebody by turning to them and saying, I don't know how to politely ask you to fuck me, but do you think we could do that? Uh, so I, I tend to gravitate towards other neurotypical people. Uh, and a lot of the times it's very easy to be like, oh, we, we're both risen and with the tism. Like, we got this. Like, this is fine. Um, there's that sort of, like, the the little brain spark that goes, I know that because that's me too. Um, I find it a little bit more difficult with neurotypical people, but I also don't tend to sleep with a lot of neurotypical people, I don't think. I have had relations with people with, with like obsessive compulsive disorder or um, other people on the spectrum. Uh, but it's not, I, we don't typically sit down beforehand and be like, so what's wrong with your brain? <laughs> um, sometimes we do that after, but That's it's, not it's not a prerequisite for uh, getting in bed with me. Are there any kinks that you've worked with, either in sex work or in a kinky setting, that you were not a fan of and would not try again? Personally, I don't believe. Um, I just have to rack my brain a little bit. Most of the people that I've worked with for sex work were either um, very vanilla or they were in the macrophile community, so I already knew, kind of knew what I was getting into. Um, within that community, there's a lot of like giantess stuff. There's also a lot of vor. There's a lot of foot things um, or like inflation. I've actually gone to there. There's a there's a size con in northern New Jersey that I went to as a volunteer. I helped check people in in exchange for my my ticket to go in with my best friend. Um, and I, I just like to explore the different panels. There was, um, even if you're not into the kink that a convention is directed towards, the panels that they have are fantastic. I got a, a book by a cultural anthropologist on different types of kinks. Um, oh god, what was it called? I'm sure I'll find it later. Um, but exploring different aspects, like there was beginner BDSM, they taught about safe BDSM. Um, there was safe play with Miles Stryker, which shows if you want to do like, like 
impact play or anything or or choking or things of that nature there are there are safe ways to do that and then there are ways to do that which could and potentially hurt either you or your partner and it's a really great to even if it's not something that you think that you'd be into it's good to know those things for the future so that if you're ever in the situation where you're like maybe i want to try that you don't accidentally hurt your partner and how did you hear about kink conventions for the first time um good old twitter and it's so sad that um twitter has become what it is and they're gonna start charging people and it's it's honestly i deleted my twitter about a month and a half ago because it's just become kind of a cesspool and i haven't found a decent replacement for it yet but that was a really great way to network with other people um and to find out about events that were going on near me because a lot of my my facebook is my family members um who are already tired of my left-wing politics they don't need to see the stuff i'm into in the bedroom too now, what do you do at kink conventions? You mentioned there's a lot of education. You mentioned there's a lot of different panels. But what do what does the general public do at a kink convention? The general um, so kink public, I guess. <laughs> the 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 kinky public at the conventions I've been to are either there buying merchandise, and that can range from from art that people go and present there um, to different um, like toys. So there's, uh, you can have a booth of illustrations of different characters and things in various positions. And next to that booth, you can buy like handcuffs or nice uh, shibari rope, books and things you can get. It's, uh, if you've ever been to any kind of convention, there's the sort of the same setups where you've got the rooms, the conference rooms for talking panels and then you have sort of that marketplace area with all of the goods that you can buy um they did have at at SizeCon the year that i went um somebody there with a camera and photoshop and would take your photo with various props and things and then in front of you photoshop you to either be gigantic or itty bitty um i have a picture of me holding my clear purse and my best friend trapped inside of it which was really fun for us to do but there's like lots of fun things to engage with so uh, there were escape rooms and then there was the educational side so they had a little bit of something for everyone and then at the end of the day um they had an hour dungeon that you could go do and then after that there was a pool party it's really nice to get to network with people that you may have only interacted with on the internet um, it's nice to be able to put faces to them, especially if you're in a, like, like, macrophilia tends to be a kind of niche kink for a lot of people, and so it's really nice to physically meet other people that have the same kink as you. What advice do you have to someone looking to find a kink convention? Like, where to find it, how to make sure that you're safe at one? Um... Not Twitter anymore, unfortunately, but if you find, if you have friends or like internet friends or something where you can reach out to them and ask questions, most people are happy to answer questions. Um, you can Google a lot of them, honestly. Uh, if you just search kink conventions, um, I believe there's one in the, the Philadelphia or New Jersey area, that's the, the Triple X convention. 
it's a much more broad porn and sex work kind of con um, that gets into once you're there there's a lot of smaller areas for different kinks it's not just one it's not focused on one type of kink um, so major cities have a lot of them and a lot of them have websites so if you wanted to do size con you could just google size con and it'll give you information I'm not sure if it's running this year um, and then there is um, my free cams hosts a lot of conventions or uh, my friend was a my friend from home who is now a professional dom used to also do work on my free cams and as one of their their like top earners she got to go to a burlesque the Blackheart burlesque show and she took me as as her guest she got a goodie bag and things it was open to the general public but sex workers got in for free um you can find so much kink stuff in in either philadelphia or new york um and like major cities like that i believe boston has some stuff um but usually if you can find a sex shop or a kink shop they will have additional information. Sometimes they even host classes. There's a couple in South Philly that I know for a fact have like beginner's guide to bondage. They have safe play stuff on top of selling different kink equipment. That is really interesting. I never would have thought of going to like a kink shop and asking, but that's a really good resource, I guess, that not many people would consider. Yeah, because they see all the kinky people in the area for the most part anyway so they usually know what's going down when i worked at the the sex shop on the jersey shore um i knew all of the swingers in the area and they would tell me um the events and stuff that they would go to i got invited to a bunch of them um i never got to go unfortunately because i was working 40 hours a week and my partner at the time lived in a different state how has going to these conventions or being in the kink community open or changed your mind on anything really it definitely um, helps get rid of preconceived ideas about what kink is. Because um, a lot of people just think that if you want to be choked or something, there's something wrong with you. It gives you a safe place to explore things that you might be into or interested in. Um, like, I thought for a while that I might have a, a little kink. I don't. Uh, sometimes I just like to talk like a little schmuck. And mostly I just want to be mouthy, but going to cons and going to places where I knew kinky people congregated, I could ask questions very openly and get feedback from people who have already participated and seen what dynamics are meant to be like. It also helps keep you away from people who are potentially, potentially toxic. Um, and Facebook is actually a surprisingly good um tool for finding kinky people uh you just gotta you know check the groups that you're in but i've joined groups where it's it's like asking questions about dynamics um and you can kind of after a while get a sense of what is a healthy dynamic and what is not there are so many posts on certain in certain groups where if you read what it says and then you see all the comments that just says, dump them. Uh, it's really refreshing to see people in the community looking out for each other in that regard. And it helps you learn, too. 
Now, as kind of a wrap-up question, if you could tell our audience today one thing about kink, what would it be? Have fun with it. You know, it's it seems scary to approach something that's brand new like that, but the whole point of kink is to enjoy yourself. If you're not enjoying it, that kink's not for you. And a lot of the times you don't you won't know until you try. You're allowed to say no. No is a full sentence. Yes, that is a very important aspect of anything in any relationship is just no, full stop, that is okay to say and okay to do, and no one should shame you for saying no. Absolutely. In any context. And if they are shaming you for saying no, if they are trying to coerce you, you've made the right decision by saying no. Well, those were all of my questions for today. Did you have anything you wanted to add on or anything you wanted to say before we wrap up? Um, just so this is, this seems like a really great podcast to get to. Um, you were talking about resources and things. This sounds like a great resource for people to explore in a safe environment. And I hope other people feel the same way. <laughs> Thank you. I do try to have all sorts of perspectives and all sorts of like ways of being on this podcast so like kink was an obvious choice for me but there's also going to be like other perspectives on different things so I definitely try to be a resource as much as I can well it was great having you today I really enjoyed our conversations thank you so much have a great day night afternoon everyone and I will see you in the next one